Three, two, one, and welcome back to the SBH Podcast. Okay, so in today's episode of the SBH Podcast, I'm going to be talking about what, well, really the upcoming full moon of July. It's really the first full moon that I feel like we get into that summer, like fishing, like ability. Pretty much like that's the time we have the biggest fish around. And uh, I asked a question on podcast or on my Instagram about. Uh, what do you guys are ask questions about this full moon? So we'll get to the questions later, but you might realize that I'm in a spot that I haven't been doing the podcast in and kind of I'm in my garage. I got my fishing stuff around me. Um, I'm going to be rigging some eels on this podcast uh, and, you know, just hang out because I got to rig some eels. So I decided why not just do a podcast as I'm rigging eels. I am in the garage, so I'm sorry if there's a little echo going on, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and for hopefully for now, like from here on out, we're going to be able to have a higher quality uh, podcast uh, with both audio and video. Um, I, we've been working on it the best way to do it. Uh, and I think we finally figured it out. So here we go, I guess. Um, in uh, there's, I mean, I'm going to be rigging eels on this podcast. Uh, I'm not going to really go in, into any depth of how I rigged the eel per se, because I really just, I think that, um, well, I think that it's, I, I mean, it's just a little boring if I go over rigging like four or five eels because I'm just gonna be doing the same thing over and over again. So you can watch me and you can try to mimic. I am gonna do a quick tip on how I rig eels at some point. I gotta do that. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm just gonna get into kind of what I've been thinking so far as I start to rig these eels um, this year. It, well, for this moon phase and I feel like my main goal for every season is to do better than last year. Um, and that's how it's always been. And uh, personally, I did better this spring than I did last year. My team, which is really my family, and uh, when we fish, uh, I got them both, all of them. I fished the most seriously, but sometimes they'll tag along with me and I got 240, I got both my, my dad and my brother on two 48 inch bass this spring or last spring and a 44 inch bass on topwater plug uh, last spring. And this spring, and I didn't get anything big. I got a bunch of like low 30s to mid 30 inch bass, nothing crazy. But then I, um, but then this spring I got a 35 and a 40 inch early for me personally. So I feel, you know, I feel better. I, I mean, I, I, I think, to myself at least that I've done better than I did this, the season before. I'm just gonna grab a bucket of eels here that I'm gonna be rigging. So let's just grab this guy out first. Um, anyway, but I, I'm i gonna be rigging these eels, but I, and I'm fishing tonight with them. So it's all it's all good to, to rig an eel and then fish it. It's always good to see how productive they are, I guess. Um, and I, I've been doing well on rig deals. I've been catching a lot of, of my bigger fish on the rig deals. Uh, I've been doing okay on plugs. Um, although the fishing has been, I mean, after like early spring when we got a few 40 inch bass around the new moon and the full moon, uh, then it didn't, it kind of slowed down a little bit. And I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping to do a little bit better, but it kind of slowed down a little bit. So it was very tough. And then I, I just was like, screw it. I'm not going to be really targeting larger bass right now because it just is not being productive and it's just a waste of my time. 
And now is the first day I feel like I might have a, a, a better shot at landing or getting into a bass over 40 inches. And um, so I, I don't have any live eels because I'm gonna be fishing mostly live eels. Uh, mostly live eels around the real like full moon, uh, which is the fifth, I believe. And I wanted to talk about this because I make a plan in the wintertime about what I'm gonna do during each moon. And I look at the tides and I have a rough idea, but then depending on the, depending on how the fishing is, like the, as I like to call it, the seasonal variables, depending on the seasonal variables will be how I am fishing uh, during that actual moon. Even though it, my plan might change, but it's just, depending on the season, seasonal variables uh, will change how I'm fishing that, that moon phase. And I, I've tended to be doing a lot of my fishing, uh, just, I, I just was really targeting big bass early in the season. And I, I did that very hard and I caught my two bigger bass this season uh, and it included the 40 inch bass and I, I'm stoked about that. You know, I feel like that was a solid, uh, solid fishing for me at least. I felt like that was, I, I feel like I achieved that goal for this season. Now I have other goals like learning how to fish the estuaries better and I think that I need to give the estuary more credit earlier than it deserves or that I did last year that I thought it deserved. And, uh, and also the rivers, because the rivers were very productive early in the season. And I did, I did mostly fished off the rocks early in the season. And the reason for that is, is just the amount of large bunker that were around was crazy. And I'm always, I'm just way more confident off the rocks. And we saw, we did see 40 inch bass off the rocks in, in May, uh, in that full moon of May. And I didn't do very well just after that is actually when I started catching, getting into some bigger bass and which was really cool to see the bass starting to get bigger around then. And then you get into the season a little bit later and then you get those like, and then it feels like it kind of tails off a little bit. And there's this section, which is this moon phase that I did not do well in last year. I didn't catch really anything big this moon phase and it then, so pretty much from the spring fishing to late July, I didn't catch anything in that section. Like I didn't do well in that section. It's not that I didn't catch anything, I just didn't do as well as I wanted to. And this season, my main goal is to do better in that section of the year, which is right now. And so I'm doing different tactics. Like I, I am fishing harder and smarter than I did last season uh, at this time. and. Um, and that's always the thing. For me, I don't wanna spend too much time waste. I don't wanna to waste too much time on something that's not working. If something isn't working, then it's not gonna work. Uh, although there are certain areas that I kid you not, it's like you have to spend hours there fishing to get that 140 inch bass. And that's what I did this year. I got um, one probably 25 inch fish and then I hooked my 40 inch bass. So it's really, it's one of those things that like, you kind of have to play it by ear and you got to play it by experience. Uh, and I knew from experience that that spot tends to turn on a little bit later in the evening. Uh, in general, oh no, my phone. Oh yeah, I'm, so we're actually filming on a camera so I can look at like what time it is and everything like that um, today. But I want to get back to this. So. 
I was doing a lot of my, I was doing a lot of fishing uh, um, early in the season, trying to really find that bigger, those bigger fish. And I wasn't uh, doing a, all that well. And then all of a sudden that, that, you know, the new moon started to roll around and I started to really figure out some bites and I'm gonna try to carry them into this, this time of the year. Um, and see if I can actually, ooh, did I come out of nine? That's not what I want to do. Uh, I'll see if I can actually pull them into this moon phase, which is, it, for me, it's the most important, one of the most important moon phases, because this is the one that, if I can do well at, then I'm gonna, I feel very confident going into later in the season. And that's the thing, like, even if I don't do well this moon phase, uh, it's not, to me, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> um, damn, got stuck in there on something. <laughs> um, Come on, come on, get it, come on, come on. Oh, I just got out. <laughs> okay, um, that's pretty nasty. Uh, here we go, here we go. What the hell's that? <laughs> here we go, pull that. Awesome, okay. <laughs> got my, got this, the string out. Anyway, if you didn't see that, <laughs> my, uh, my uh, rigging needle just got caught on the, in, inside the fish, inside the eel, so. I was trying to pull it through. Anyway, um, and if I don't end up catching a big fish this moon phase, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna be too worried. Uh, it's just something I need to focus on for next year and try to plan better for. If I can't do it, that means that quite clearly the spots that I'm fishing at don't fish well this time of year. Uh, and I need to figure some other stuff out um, later in the season. But the people that I've talked to have all said that the spring was horrible for us, and it was, it was not good. Uh, dating all the way back to the first basket of the season, uh, it was the biggest struggle to get on. And uh, now, now I'm just trying to, <laughs> oh no, that's tough, man. Hold on, <laughs> that's so annoying. Uh, the struggles of open eye hooks here. Um, anyway, but the it, dating all the way back to the beginning of the season when we had really bad fishing early um, in the season, I'm gonna have to redo that again. Um, and that's something that come on. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to squeeze these open eye hooks to get them to close up a little bit better. People like to solder them together and stuff. I just can't deal with that. I don't have enough patience. Probably gonna, one of these days I'm gonna shove this giant hook through my hand. That's a little bit annoying, whatever. Um, I'm gonna have to put a little bit of putty on that or something. Okay, let's do that again. You know what, I'm gonna just throw that away and we're gonna try that one more time. Um, anyway, <laughs> struggles of rigging eels, right? Um, so even dating back to the beginning of the season, with all that rain bait we had around, it wasn't great fishing. And that is, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I didn't, I didn't expect to happen early. We, it was just so weird because, you know, normally you're spring fishing, you're, you have the bass and the estuaries and around the sandy beaches, but you don't expect like the bass to be so, the fishing to be so different 
than last year early. And then you think, ah, the bass have just been really strangely finicky early in the season as well. And I was dealing with that whole thing where the bass were not really doing, and most of my fishing was, is topwater based fishing. I fished 99.9% .9 on the surface of the water during the day. That's just how I do. And that's how I fish. And I, I don't like fishing under the surface of the water. Now I had to change that at the beginning of the season because the fishing, the fish were just not dealing with that at the, in the beginning of the season, they didn't want to be on the surface of the water. They were all being super slow, very like, and I've talked nauseam about this, but how bad it was. But so I won't really continue on that, but you know, the fishing is just wasn't great. And then we led into that whole section of the fish, fishing not being that great. And if I was lucky enough to throw some rig deals during the day and pull some bigger bass on rig deals and and uh, then after that was really going down, I decided to really fully pursue the bigger fish on these rig deals because quite clearly they want the rig deals. They've been, we have been fishing very, the, also soft plastics have been fishing well. Big sluggos, I've been fishing a lot of like big sluggo, sluggos. And that has been fishing really well as well. And uh, which is fine. I, I don't like fishing with sluggos, but if that's what's happening, then I will make an exception for to fish with sluggos if I need to. Um, and I needed to this spring. So I was pretty much basing a lot of my fishing off of almost completely new experience. Um, and I, this spring slash, you know, early summer here. And now that the fishing is definitely, the spring fishing is over for us on Cape Ann, uh, we didn't kill it. A few guys did fairly well. Um, but I really have to say the rocks didn't disappoint. They did what they always do is they produce those bigger bass than they get in the estuaries. Uh, and you know, I'm not saying that there aren't big bass in the estuaries this time of year or in like um, early, well, I guess around the new moon, but I am saying that there are bigger bass off the rocks. And I don't care if you're catching 40 inch bass in the estuaries, there's probably gonna be some 40 pound bass in off the rocks at that time. Maybe not as early as May, but you're gonna be seeing those big bass on the rocks pretty much as early as you're gonna be seeing them in the estuaries. Now, am I gonna be fishing in the estuaries and the rivers next spring? For sure, that's gonna be the way I'm going after it. Uh, I, I think that I learned my lesson this spring and really following, trying to follow those, those smaller bait profiles just wasn't it this spring. So I'm gonna go after those bigger bait profiles like the herring and I'm gonna really try to, and we had bunker really early too. And that's the other thing, the amount of bunker that's around right now is really dictating the bite. So um, the bite's been really bunker heavy uh, this this spring. Um, so if big top waters have been, is kind of what I was thinking early, and then it just wasn't it. Again, as I was saying, the big topwaters just weren't it. And then, um, so I was try I've been trying to like figure my life out because like I feel like most of my spring fishing is very spook-based fishing. Uh, I fish a lot of spooks early in the spring, and and 100% of the time on my fishing, 
uh, a Pumbaa Plug Magnum walker uh, in the spring. Maybe just the walker sometimes, but 100% of the time throwing the Magnum. And the reason for that is it's a big plug and it produces the biggest bites and it is the best topwater uh, spook I've ever fished, ever. And uh, it's not debated, I've fished docks, I've fished, it's just better than all of them because it doesn't dive under the water. And I really, really like the fact that it does not dive under the water. Um, that's huge for me. That's like one of the biggest things that I, I always focus on is making sure that when I have a big bass chasing my bait that I don't have to deal with it diving under the water at the, la at the most important critical time when the bass is swirling on my plug and uh, screw everything up. I've said that again multiple times like that's the worst thing that can you can have happen to you when you're fishing with big spooks is you can have them dive under the water you really really don't want that to happen to happen um, you just want those you just want the uh, <laughs> you just want the um the bigger uh, what was I saying wow I just lost my train of thought yeah, you don't want the big spooks to dive under the water because that's just gonna show the fish what it is and they're not gonna wanna eat it. Um, and that's like my big spring thing. Like I really wanna be throwing plugs that, that um, look like big baits. And I, you know, it's, if, they're, if the bass are in the estuaries on the herring, they're gonna be big. If the bass are in the rivers on the herring, they're gonna be big fish. But uh, they're not gonna be quite as big as I think the bass that are gonna be on the rocks this time of year, it's just how it goes, I think at least how it goes um, for this time of year. Uh, I, I think that it's definitely, uh, I think that you should definitely be fishing, um, you should definitely be fishing the biggest baits, of, like trying to target the bass that are feeding on the biggest baits in your area at that time of the spring. Like that's where you're gonna be finding the biggest fish, obviously, because that's the biggest bait, but then even more so than that, it's just gonna be the easiest thing to mimic and get those finicky fish to actually feed on. And uh, then going into the summer, which we are just starting to break into right now, you really wanna be targeting those lazy fish. That's what we, we're doing this time of year is we have these big lazy bass and we need to try to get their attention with large baits. So that's why rig deals work so well in the, in the summer because they just, they just seem to get those finicky bass to feed. And they have that action that uh, even a live eel doesn't have where you can really implement it at even different depths. Uh, and that can be very, very productive uh, depending on the time of year and the water temps and water clarity. Uh, I, I was fishing earlier this, one of the bigger bass I got early this spring, I was fishing and the water was super dirty and the bass were really, uh, were really finicky and I was, trying to figure out how I could get these bass to eat in about four feet of clear, clean water, and it just was not happening. They were not there. I was getting seaweed on it. They weren't hitting what I wanted them to. I got a few rambunctious schoolies. 
on little plugs. But then after that, I was really not getting what I was hoping for. And until I, I threw on the rig, the rig deal and the rig deal did the work for me, I was able to get the, the biggest bass in the area, which was a high 30 incher. And I, I felt pretty good about it um, to you know be able to pull a bass out of that area that was really just tough, tough fishing conditions. And it made me feel that doing this nasty, nasty thing of rigging an eel is worth, is worth it because you know, you can fish an eel in that, but the eel is gonna go right for that seaweed to hide. And you don't want that. You wanna be able to cast where you wanna be able to cast when the, into that cleaner water. And uh, it really paid off. And now I, that's all I wanna do is fish that, fish rigged eels, because I think that they can get those bigger bites, but they can more specifically do exactly what you want and you know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and you can be a little bit more connected to them. It's kind of the best of both worlds. You get that that uh, eatability of a of a of a big juicy eel, but at the same time, you also get uh, the the like workability of um, a plug. You know, you get to this or the sensitivity more like it. You get the sensitivity of a plug to be able to actually fish a plug. And this is when we're getting to that first real bite of summer where I think the bass are big and they want, they only want big prey. That's really what I've always kind of gathered. They're, they're hunting for big prey. They don't want to waste their time on anything small and anything not worth it. So you got to be fishing big stuff this time of year. That's what I think is one of the most important things to do is, you know, fish big items, big prey items for them. Fish, if they're on bunker, fish big bunker looking plugs. Uh, and if, if perfect case scenario, you're going to be fishing with large eels, either live or rigged. And, uh, in this case, I'm going to be fishing with rigged eels. And then when we get closer to the moon phase, then I'm going to be breaking out the live ones. And then I'm going to be fishing out the live eels. Uh, and the live eels obviously tend to do better unless the, it's super seaweedy. Uh, but live eels always do better than rigged eels. I just, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I guess in rare forms when it's super seaweedy, yeah, you probably could do better on a, on a riggy, but in most scenarios, you're gonna be pretty much targeting those, those bigger bass um, and you're gonna be able to do it much better and much more controlled on the rig deal than you are on the, well, really you'll be able to do better on the live eel because the live eel is a lot bait and it's easier to trick up a big old experienced bass with live bait than it is with a uh, rigged eel if you don't rig it beautifully. And right now we're rigging it absolutely perfectly. So we should be able to trick a big experienced fish into eating it. Did I not get that through its head? Shoot, no, that, that one's good. This one that I think, man, did I? I'm screwing everything up. I've never actually screwed up like this that badly on <laughs> Will Reagan Eels. I lost my thing. I lost my, <laughs> I lost the, the, came out of the tiny little slit of a, of the open-eyed hooks. Came out of the tiniest of little slits. Come on, go through. There we go. Okay, we're good. We're in it to win it. Um, 
Anyway, but the, the live eels fishing has really been the most productive. I don't care what you're doing, you're fishing your live eels. Obviously live eels always produce and it, they've been producing for me uh, this spring. And you can't knock them, you know? <laughs> they, they always produce big fish, always. And um, you know, that's, just, that's just the nature of the beast, I guess. Uh, if you can, if you're lucky enough to get, be able to buy a bunch of live eels every moon phase, you're gonna do really, really well because the fishing just always seems to be the best with live eels. Now, what I do and what I think saves a lot of money is you fish your live eels and then when your eel dies, you just repurpose it and you rig it like I'm doing. I fished all of these eels. All these eels have caught fish for me, literally. Every single one of these eels that I'm rigging or I am gonna be rigging has caught at least one bass for me. Uh, and even one of them in here has caught me a 40 inch bass. So um, that means that, you know, I'm getting, not only am I catching a one 48 or 40 inch bass on the um, plug, but I'm or on the eel, I'm also, you know, could potentially catch 10 40 inch bass on the eel, on this exact same eel, uh, if it holds up to the elements which most of the time it does. Is everything good here? We're going one more wrap around this. Okay. Yeah, and you know, rigging eels is a long, slow process. It always is, it always will be. And I've changed my ways from that. It, there's an OG podcast where I talk about rigging, fishing rigged and live eels. And um, I do it differently now. You know, I feel like my tactics have changed as, and even in a short time as one season, uh, I've, I do certain things similar, but I, I've changed it up a little bit this year. Um, and I've been fishing them more this year too. So, you know, it, they've been, I made them a little bit more, or a little bit easier to do and a little bit more durable. So it doesn't take like an hour to rig them now. It takes like 30 minutes to rig them. It's still a long time, but uh, I feel like this is the best of both worlds. Come on. And, uh, yeah, but you know, I've, I've caught, you know, what is the most? Probably 15 to 20 fish on the same eel. So yeah, they, they don't really fall apart. If you can secure the hook well, they don't tend to fall apart that much. Um, and that's a really good thing because that means you can catch a lot of big fish on the same rig deal if you need to. If you're on a good bite, you don't have to ever spend time switching out your eel unhook the fish and toss them back in the water and you're on to the next one, you know? Uh, if you're on a good bite, you don't have to mess around with uh, having to like dig around, grab an eel, have it slide out of your hand, lose it, you know? Cause what, it's like two bucks an eel sometimes. So it's not cheap to be fishing eels. And, but if you can do what I'm doing right here, which is just repurposing eels that I, previously fished with, it becomes slightly more affordable to buy eels pretty often um, because then you're really getting many plugs and many, many fish on eels. Uh, and that tends to, and the thing is like, if, if I would never do this, if I didn't catch fish on it, like who wants to be, you know, rigging this nasty eel if you're not catching bass with it and in the summer, especially the early summer, it just 
they just work, you know? I don't know what to tell you about like, like they just catch fish and they consistently catch fish. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people that I know don't do this. I know very few people that rig eels. And to those people I say, you're missing out. And you're not only missing out, you're losing money. Uh, because you can save a lot of money rigging eels. Um, and that's the, that's the important thing. And then if your eel starts to fall apart, cut the hook out of it and you're on to the next one. You know, uh, easy as that. You can repurpose the hooks sometimes and it's, it's all good, you know? You can fish the same hooks a bunch and if you lose it, it's like, I don't know, a few bucks for the hooks in the hardware. But other than that, it's not like you're losing a plug either. You're just losing a little eel, so um, it's not as bad. Dang, son, what is this? Hard gill plate or something. There you go, got it through. Um, yeah. And the more that I've dealt with, the more I've targeted large bass, the more I've seen like, you're missing out. If you're not fishing rig deals or live eels, what you, I don't know what you're doing because that's the only way to go. Other, otherwise, it's really just, you know, it's a chance, it's just you being, it's just a personal goal at that point, in my opinion. Yeah, there's certain scenarios where you can get a lot of big bass on plugs, but you can generally get more, more big fish and bigger fish on eels. Um, and yeah, and as I said, at, at the point that, you know, you're, you're just strictly fishing uh, plugs, that's because it's like a personal thing at that point. If you really wanna target and get those big, big fish, you have to fish eels and you gotta rig them too. Because uh, you don't like, they're, even if they die, their value is not gone yet. You know, you still have that a little bit of value left in, in the eel and sometimes a lot of value left. And, you know, I, the, the more I fish these, I've rarely hooked bass on the tail hook. They almost always go after that, that front hook. Now that I say this, I'm gonna hook a big bass and it's just gonna break me off on the tail hook. But, but um, I've actually so far never hooked one on the tail hook. I'm a little bit scared to hook a really big fish on the tail hook. If I hook a really big fish until I know what hook it's hooked by, I might, if I can get it out of the danger zone, I'm loosening up on my drag and I'm just gonna baby it in because I'm a little bit scared because you can't really tie that good of a knot to the eye of the hook. And other than really the rigging floss, holding it in place, <laughs> it's pretty much a game of chance that it, it's gonna stay on good or not. Um, and <laughs> that's not a game that I really wanna gamble with, uh, especially when you're fishing with a plug or with something that's as notorious as, you know, eels, as I've been talking about. Um, and I've, I haven't, explored fishing with eel skin plugs yet. Um, I'm hoping that I can get some eel skin plug prototypes from uh, Pumba plugs soon and put them on some metal lips and I'm gonna put them on some needlefish and see what I can do. See if I can get on some nicer fish because I've never actually done that. Uh, and I think that's another good way that you can improve your casting distance and uh, give it a little bit more lively action as well. But 
still uh, have that catchability of a, of a um, of an eel, and that's the important thing because the bass love eating eels. So, um, yeah, and then I'm gonna go into so last moon phase, uh, I did a lot of fishing with plugs. I didn't really get into eeling that moon phase at all. Um, I didn't end up really catching much other than a few schoolies. Uh, that was really it. That moon phase, maybe a few high, you know, like keepers to low 30 inch bass, but I was really not getting anything to write home about by any sense during this moon phase last year. And I'm hoping to change that this season uh, in a big way. I'm hoping to like make this one of my better moon phases. And who knows if it's gonna be, I'm not actually that confident that it's gonna be one of the better moon phases, but I, all I can do is apply the knowledge and what I've learned over the past year to this, this real moon phase. And I feel like the biggest leaps and bounds that I've made in catching, targeting larger bass has um, been the past few years. And I, you know, you learn so much about certain areas and fishing off the rocks has been just so interesting through the past year or two. So it's, I'm, I am super excited for, to see what, the, what happens, you know? Cause this is, this is one that if I can get this one dialed in this moon, then really I have that May full and new moon. Well, I got the new moon dialed in actually for May, but I have the May full moon that I wanna kinda get, get good. And I have the, um, the June, all the moon phases in June that I feel pretty confident about did well. Um, and yeah, so I have, I have those moon phases to start to really dial in a little bit more. But, uh, and this is one of them. The other two I feel pretty confident about, but we'll see, who knows, every year's different and maybe this moon phase will be good and the next one that was productive last year is not gonna be as good. You really never know. It's just, it really is year dependent, I found, um, and even in the springtime. But you can kind of find areas that tend to produce well in different times of years. And you can never really predict the weather that you're gonna have or the bait you're gonna have at certain times of years. And that's one of the more important things is that weather. And if you have really good weather, you're gonna have really good fishing. And if you have really bad weather, then that's gonna make it a lot tougher to get onto bigger fish. If it's super flat, calm, and really, there's nothing, not a lot of like a disturbance on the weather front going, then it's gonna be a lot more difficult, especially off the rocks to end up hooking into some bigger fish. It's gonna be a lot trickier to trick the bigger fish into getting into eating. Uh, I don't care what you're throwing, even if you're throwing a live eel, it's gonna be a lot trickier. Uh, where if it's really turbulent and really uh, uh, rocking out there with waves and wind and everything, throw an eel in there, the bass doesn't have much time to see what it is, it just pipes it and uh, then you're off to the races on that. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, it's so, I've always found that it is always very uh, year dependent, weather dependent, when, so it, everything's a variable, right? And the, the more that you narrow them down, the better. Um, and the more time that you put into, uh, you know, working on how to minimize the amount of variables or at least control the amount of variables that you can, 
the better off you're gonna be in the long run. Um, and I feel like last year I really figured out how to minimize as many variables uh, as possible or surprise variables rather. It's just really if you get surprised by something, that's when stuff you know doesn't go the way you want it and then it gets kind of discouraging if you aren't catching big fish. Uh, but it's, you, I mean, the more I've fished, the, the more I've learned is you really gotta just not spend an overly, like you can't spend too much time uh, trying to not, or you can't spend too much time catching no fish. If you're spending too much time not catching fish, then you need to change your tactics. And I did that last year and it, per, it like changed my whole season. I went from not really catching a lot of bass myself personally to doing a few changes. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, gong show, big bass craziness. And um, I'm trying to really pattern down what these fish are doing, how they're reacting to certain things. And if you find something that works, really try to pursue that, stick with it, and don't mess around with too much too much extra stuff uh, other than that, you know? Because if you're messing around with too much stuff, you're gonna overcomplicate your life and it's just gonna be miserable because you're gonna, you're gonna do stupid things, you're gonna try things that are not gonna work and you're gonna waste time. And uh, more importantly, time that you could end up hooking into really, really big fish. And that is the one thing that I've been trying my best to avoid is wasting my own time on stuff on personal goals this season i really want to just catch big fish and like i did the season before and do that as many times until i get bored of catching giant fish and i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon so uh yeah who knows what's going to happen um and then you know you can always start you know oh i want to catch a big bass on a fly rod oh i want to do this that yeah i mean that stuff is all all fun and good but um I, I, I just think that for definitely for me, at least for the foreseeable future, I'm gonna be pursuing these big bass in, in the best way I can, uh, really you know targeting them as best that I can and trying to get the biggest fish I can out of every, every moon, every good tide and good wind direction, every good storm that moves through. If we can get a good storm to move through and coincide with a moon phase, we're gonna be sitting pretty again. We had one of those uh, last October and it was magical. It was really, really magical fishing. Um, yeah, we had, I had, that was some of those days I had, oh, ridiculous amount of 30 pound bass. It was just stupid, stupid fishing. And that's what I'm hoping for uh, later in the season. But right now, if I can get these moon phases dialed in and get a, even a few 40 inch bass, starting to really crunch my baits, I'm gonna be feeling good about myself and feeling good about where I'm standing. I would love to pull at least one big bass this uh, moon phase. And I hope I can, I can, if I can pull one bass over 40 inches this moon phase, I'll be really, really stoked. Um, and hopefully I can do that tonight because this is day one really where I feel like I can, I can catch big bass. And when you got, when this is out, I'm gonna be fishing. Literally I'm having, my camera guy slash editor uh, at Stringy Films post this podcast as I'm fishing tonight. And uh, yeah, look, there you go, finished Neil. That's one riggy done. 
So yeah, it takes a while to finish, it takes a while to rig it eel well, but that, that bad boy right here, this is like, if I had to say like, I want the perfect size rig deal, this is like the perfect size rig deal. It's not ridiculously big to where I can't, it's overpowering my gear, and it's not um, super small to where the bigger fish are just gonna ignore it. It's gonna get crushed. If there's a 40 inch bass and it sees this thing freaking swimming like beautifully through the water, it's just gonna pipe it. It's gonna swallow this whole thing and it's gonna be amazing. Okay, I'm gonna take a little break from rigging eels and I guess I'm gonna talk a little bit about my gear that I'm gonna be fishing with this, um, for this moon phase. And uh, the rod, the reel, the line, uh, the leader material, and you know, any terminal tackle I have as well. So for tonight at least, and this will all vary depending on what I'm doing every night. Some nights I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna be using uh, plugs. Some nights I'm gonna be using live eels, some nights I'm gonna be using rig deals. Uh, for a lot of the plug fishing I'm gonna be doing, I have the Canal Series Carbon Surf, and all you people at Fish Cape Ban are gonna be like, this is way too big for you. And then I'm gonna say to you, this is barely big enough. And uh, and that's the thing, like I fish super differently than a lot of people and that's why I think that I'm productive in my own way that I fish. Uh, and I fish with big, big bait all the time. Not like bait, like chunking bait. I'm talking about big eels, big rig deals, big plugs. I'm throwing, you know, plugs that are easily eight ounces. I'm fishing rig deals that can be up to two pounds. And that's not ounces, that's pounds. Uh, and that's the thing, like I'm throwing big, heavy gear because I know that I need to be able to horse a big fish out of boulders. And that is, that's that. You know, you wanna horse a big bass out of the rocks, get them away from that bad structure, and you need a, bat, you need a rod with backbone to do it. And the good thing about this is the carbon surface, it is a, it is a affordable rod that has good backbone. And it's a, a it's, um, 70-30 split, I believe, and, uh, right? Wow, I probably sound like an idiot. That was, wow, I sound like an idiot there. Anyway, um, and anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a rod that is, um, that it's a two-piece rod, but the, the good part about this rod is, I'm gonna redact everything I just said. The good part about this rod is, um, it is a two-piece rod, but it has a deep, the rods that are, have that, that have the one piece feel to them. And I, you know, I fish the St. Croix rods and St. Croix rods have that, you know, feel to them of a, a one piece rod and that's what I like. And uh, this is a big boy rod. This rod can go, you can go bottom bounce the canal on this thing. But then I'm fishing this in shallow water with you know, minimal, you know, has good current, but mostly just big surf. And I'm throwing heavy stuff and I need to get it out there into that, this like underwater reef areas. You know, you're swimming out to them. You're fishing these reefs and you want to fish with big eels, big uh, rig deals, live eels. And you, you have the waves. I mean, this is like real, like if you picture like real, like 
heavy duty surf casting where you're on the rocks, you're getting hit off rocks, you're getting smashed in the face by waves. This is it, you know? This is the way it goes. You know, the, if you, and the cool thing is we're able to document a lot of this for the Striped Bass Hunt Show and I can't wait for you guys to see the Striped Bass Hunt Show coming out July 18th is the first episode, or the second episode, but the first episode that's gonna be in the revolving schedule. So every other week that the episodes are gonna be going out until sometime in November, I believe. But um, these big, the ends, okay, so I'll go to my reel now. I'm fishing a Vanstall VSX 275, and I'm fishing with 80 pound uh, Max Quattro braid. Uh, weird thing about the braid, so I've been suggesting this to, this braid to people, and I've had pretty much no problem with it. And then I have one reel that I, every single time I go, I spooled it with 30 pound Max Quattro braid, and every single time I fish with it, it has gotten wind knot every single time without fail, sometimes even more than once. And it's not like I'm doing anything crazy, you know, I, I fish the same way with all my gear, but I'm getting wind knots every single time I fish. And I, the line must be bad, you know? It's so weird, because I, I have it on the same line on all my rods, and I've had no wind knots with on any of my other rods. It's just that one rod and reel that there's the that combo for some reason is just a wind knot machine and I've been dealing with that and it's been very annoying for me. But uh, I've been fishing with the, the Carbon Surf, the Limglass Carbon Surf Canal Series with you know a big reel and heavy line and I'm fishing it to 80 pound, 80 to 60 pound uh, liters and I think I'm gonna go, I wanna go 60 tonight, not to go crazy heavy. Uh, I don't know why, I just don't think I'm gonna get overpowered in this spot, or at least there's not a really a place for the bass to wrap me around things, unless they get me way out at the end of my cast, which, you know, could happen, but uh, I don't have any spot in, in this area that I feel like I'm in, I'm worried about them really taking me around a rock, but if they are, loosen up on my drag, have the bass scream some line for a little bit, they'll, hopefully if my hooks stay pinned, which these have beefy, beefy barbs, and it, they should stay pinned on the bass. And uh, speaking of which, I uh, hooked my thumb pretty good the other day, but I was using barbless treble hooks, so it just came right out, no problem. Uh, and that's the thing, I, I've been saying a lot, you know, <laughs> barbless hooks, better for the fish and also better for you. And they're definitely better for you because that could have been a hospital mission right there. Uh, I went through the side of my, the back side of my thumb and out right by the side of my fingernail. Um, and I was able to just unthread that, no problem, just a little blood. And um, yeah, it's just like getting a thorn stuck in your hand. It's not really that big of a deal, but if it had a barb on it, it would have sucked. It really would have sucked. Cause it wasn't a big enough, uh, it was like a size two VMC treble hook. And it wouldn't have been um, big enough to get out. And the thing is I, you know, I try to be very safe when I'm handling my fish, and this was a little schooly and was hooked in the side of the mouth with a, a plug, and I lipped the bass, and it shook, and the hook that was in the face of the bass, uh, the, the way the bass shook, it, it like shook enough that it slid the hook that was in its face through my finger, and I was able to just pop it out. It was not that big a deal, but I was like, Ugh. it just was annoying. Um, anyway, and I've been fishing really heavy drag, on, uh, in general, but uh, I'm probably not gonna go crazy tonight, just enough that I'm not getting any drag slip. 
uh, which is important to me uh, if I'm not getting any drag slip. If you get drag slip, you're screwed right from the get-go because the bass will shake it most of the time uh, unless you have some really crazy sharp hooks. And these are so beefy that you really need to get it. If Once the bass eats it, I need to get set it a few more times, make sure that bass is thoroughly hooked in the face and then let him go off to the races. And hopefully I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in it to win it. I'm getting that crazy, huge runs and it, you know, you're the ones that you're just like, holy crap, holding on for dear life. That's what I'm wanting. I really am craving that craziness. Um, and hopefully it happens. Uh, I really, really hope that I can, I can get onto a bass that does it for me this, this, this moon phase, I really want to get one of those just, I want to get 30 plus pound bass really is what I want to get. Um, one of those that's just a horse, you know, just gets into that, it's heading to the current and it just digs. Um, and that's what I'm really, really hoping for. Um, I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna get into some questions here because I put a poll, uh, not poll, I put a, um, I put a question thing on my Instagram uh, and I will, be able to, so because I knew I was going to do this podcast, I hadn't done this in a while, uh, and I I know we had a lot of listeners. Again, you'd have to be O O G uh, to have um, you have to be a real O G podcast listener to have seen the times that I was uh, asking for questions. Um, Basserman plugs eels or bolt. Oh, so okay. Backstory to this, uh, on my Instagram, I have a picture of a bass that I was fishing. And I, I, this is gonna, just because I saw some of the other questions and um, I know that the, uh, like I'm holding a bass, okay? And some of the questions have to do with that fish uh, in general. So I'm holding a, up a, a nice fish. Uh, it's kind of a blurry, phone photo, but you know, it was a nice, I think I had to, I think that was like a 36 pound bass was what it was. So it was like, a, it was a big fish. I, I want to say it was in that high 30 pound range and it was like probably 45, 43, between like 45 and 43 inches. I don't think I measured it. I think I just weighed it. I don't know. I forget. It was a while ago. Okay. Plugs, eels are both. Do you ever use top water at night other than a needle? Okay. Um, so obviously you know that I use eels now, if you're listening to this podcast. I use eels like crazy. Uh, I also will use plugs, but again, as I said at, at, in one point in this podcast, um, I if you really wanna target that trophy bass, you need to be fishing with plugs, or you need to be fishing with plugs, you need to be fishing with eels in some aspect, whether that be a live eel, a rigged eel, or a eel skin plug. That's what, if you, know, if you wanna get a trophy, that's what you're gonna be fishing with. If you wanna be able to get a bunch of bass and maybe get a bass that's you know in that high caliber range, you can fish with plugs and you'll probably be able to pull that off if there's a big fish in that area. It's just that you're much more likely to do it on a, a live rigged or eel skin plug. And um, that's just my personal opinion, but um, I, I, I have done extraordinarily well. And there are times where the bass are so turned on, the, the bite is ridiculous, and you can't even hardly put your plug in the water without a bass eating it, that there'd be no point to throw an eel because it would just it would just be slowing you down. Uh, and I had a few bites like that in October, and 
you know, those are the bites where I'd say strictly go on plugs. But if I'm targeting, if I'm targeting a trophy bass, especially this summer, I'm gonna be throwing big eels. And more specifically live ones, but if I don't have live eels, I'm gonna be throwing rigged eels. Uh, and then as far as topwater plugs go, um, I, I don't like to fish the usual pencil poppers, um, chugging topwaters, uh, or even spooks at night. I don't even go that far. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just don't think the bass track that stuff as well at night. I've not really fished them, to be quite frank. I haven't really even tried, to, attempted to fish them. I just don't think they track as well. Uh, I, have, I have a story that I've told a few times, but I'll tell it again because it really emphasizes this uh, and really blows up my theory here. But um, I was fishing with a darter at night and uh, I thought it was super seaweedy that night and I thought I had seaweed on my uh, darter and I reel it really quick and I'm skipping it across the surface of the water and I have a, the, actually the fish in this picture, jump out of the water three times and then crush the, the, um, the darter. So that just shows you that, um, yeah, that thing was skipping along the surface. The bass was falling in under the water, but then when I started to reel it really quick and it was skipping on the surface, that fish was like, hold up. And it went after it, you know, full needed to eat this, fi this fish because it probably thought that my darter thought, or it probably thought my darter was a bait fish trying to jump away from it. And it was crazy to watch this bass chase it down and crush it. Um, and if you've ever seen a bait fish at night, they'll tend to jump if they jump. They'll tend to jump a few times and then they'll stop moving. And that's what I did. I reeled it really fast. The thing skipped across the surface, probably five, six feet. The bass jumped out of the water, literally full 30, high 30 pound bass leaping out of the water. And it was a full moon. So I could see everything happening. It was leaping out of the water, leaping out of the water. And then it crushes it on the surface. Uh, and that was the sickest thing I've ever seen. Uh, at, at night, one of the sickest things I've ever seen as far as bass fishing goes at night. Um, and then the other thing that I, uh, I, f I do fish a lot at night is uh, Danny plugs. Danny plugs are, you know, surface to subsurface uh, lures, depending on what you want to do that day or what you're trying to cover, that profile you're trying to cover. And I fish a lot of Danny plugs at night. Um, and so that's a surface plug. And yeah, so I guess, yes, I do fish um, a few surface plugs at night, but it's very, uh, it's very narrowed to those specific ones. Um, night or morning and uh, what colors? Uh, and, okay, um, I obviously like fishing at night um, and I don't like waking up super, super early to fish. If I can, I'll just stay up and then fish. Um, so really, I prefer night fishing. Although if you can get on a good topwater bite, you can get, I mean, you can get on a good topwater bite in the early morning. Uh, in early summer, pencil popping or using big spooks at like four, five in the morning, even three, you know, it gets bright early in, during the summer. Uh, so if you, you can use big, you know, topwater plugs, and I emphasize big, I mean, I'm talking about big, huge pencils, huge spooks, um, you throw in those things, early in the morning, you can get that, you know, that bigger bass. You know, if you really wanna get your like personal best bass in top water or at least see a big fish go up to the surface, um, that's when I would really start to try to target those. And this is more specifically off of the rocks. I know that there's some areas that you could fish on the same beaches that produce big fish during the summer, but um, nothing like off the rocks when it's getting hot. Uh, and what colors? 
I'm a huge, uh, I, because I, I like mimicking bait. Uh, so whatever baits in the water is what I'm gonna be trying to target the best. Uh, if I need to, I'm gonna be fishing with, I mostly try to f like a mimic bunker. Bunker is probably my favorite bait to mimic. Uh, I think it just always works for me. And uh, I've done a lot of it. I've just mimicked, I mimic bunker all the time with most of the plugs I use. Um, I'll mess with yellow over white or white um, and I'll go, I'll go mackerel, I'll go squid if the squid are around. You know, I'll, I'll mess around with like realistic colors a lot. Um, and that's what I really mess with. Uh, okay, next question. Do you think uh, chartreuse matters on full moon nights? Um, I've caught some very big bass on chartreuse darters during full moons. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily matters color-wise. I just think it's profile. Really, profile is what um, what is, in my opinion, one of the mo more important aspects of mimicking bait. Uh, color is always a good one, um, but I would almost say more realistic colors. Otherwise, I don't think color matters necessarily that much, other than black in, or like black and purple, or black uh, or purple and blue, or you know, like those colors and like white, and those are like. On, on those aspects of the spectrum, I like to fish darker colors um, for new moons and lighter colors for full moons generally. Uh, but you can go vice versa, it doesn't really matter. It depends on what you're doing and where you're fishing. Uh, if you're fishing like back bay stuff, really like quiet, like calm fishing at night, uh, I would say go darker, honestly, um, even so that when the bass is looking up at the surface, if for say you're fishing on the surface, if the bass is looking up and it sees something dark, it's gonna really clearly see that with that lighter, with it being lighter out. Um, but I don't think it really matters, honestly. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, colors don't really matter to me. Chartreuse has been productive for me, especially you know when there's bunker around. I think that just anything from green to white is gonna, even black and purple, like that all mimics bunker like, but again, it's so profile based. It's really profile based. Um, eels question mark. Um, eels are, um, you know, they are what they are. And I've talked a lot about eels and uh, I can talk more about eels. I can talk for, about eels for years and I've talked uh, to many guys about eels. I've talked about, but really the most important thing is monster hunting, going for that PB. You're fishing with eels, no question to ask. That's what, if, if I'm giving you one thing to do, fish with an eel. Now, obviously it's better to fish with eels at night, but if, if you really wanna get that trophy, go with an eel. Foggy day two, eels are. Next question, slinging eels with lots of question marks. Um, obviously, I love this. I love that you guys are asking me questions about eels. Cause here's the thing, like I, I always think I'm being really redundant when I'm talking about eels because I just preach them. You know, I work with Puma plugs and yet I'm still preaching eels because I know that eels are by far the most productive big bass baits, period, end of story. And there's so many different ways you can fish them, live rigged, you know, uh, eel skin. And there's just, it's unfathomable the amount. And people even put, uh, like the tails of eels on bucktails, it's bucktail teasers and stuff like that. Like you can do so much with an eel. 
Uh, you can even hook an, a live eel onto your bucktail. I've seen guys do that in uh, jetties if they're trying to get it down deeper. Um, there's so many things that you can do with an eel to get big bass and it's all about ex experimentation and being able to you know, work, work with them. And yeah, it's much more difficult to end up working with eels because they're just, they're nasty creatures. Uh, they're pretty expensive too. Um, and they're sometimes can be super finicky. They can be really difficult to deal with. And then new regulations with these circle hooks, which is like, I've seen what I've seen three basket gut hooked by circle hooks this year. And, um, actually not my fish. I've not got hooked a bass with circle hook yet. But that just shows you, like, like it doesn't matter. And these are not big fish. These are mid 20 inch bass getting gut hooked with their swallowing it. People don't know how to use these, these um, circle hooks. You know, nobody was really, I mean, there were guys that were using circle hooks, but the people that don't really understand how to use circle hooks or pull them out of fish's mouths multiple times are like feeding them too long. And that's the problem. Like, it's such a happy medium in a, in a it just doesn't really do anything for anyone, you know? You're still gut hooking. I've seen as many bass gut hook this season as I did last season. I don't think it matters, the new regulations with the circle hooks. I, that's just my opinion on them so far, is just for what I've seen. Uh, I've seen bass with them in them more than I've ever seen in years past. I've even seen bass with big, like, eight-aught J-hooks in them, and I've done some surgery, gotten them out. But yeah, it's, it's just a whole, it's just not good, you know? It's just been not good. Okay, um, uh, do you ever fish at night with live eels during the full moon? Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess we got a lot of people loving the eel question today. Um, and I'm glad that you guys are, because I love talking about eels. Um, yes. That's it, actually. Okay, thank, thank you everyone who answered. Oh, I forgot, just, um, I can't, I'm so bad at reading, so I'm just not gonna even try to read you guys' names. Sorry about um, not, I just don't wanna botch your names here on Instagram uh, and look like an idiot, like I've already done a few times this podcast. Um, anyway, uh, we can do a little bit more here. I, you know, I was thinking about, like I rigged one eel on this podcast. I thought I was gonna be able to rig some more, but uh, I just felt like I was losing my train of thought too much, so I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna mess with it not gonna really, uh, t like, I'm not gonna mess with rigging another eel because I'm gonna keep losing my train of thought and you guys are gonna be, be losing interest because I'm like trying to multitask and talk about something intelligently and I have not been able to because I'm distracted, messing up with the rod sizes, it just, it's a whole thing. And um, yeah, but I do have to say, I'm pretty happy about how I have a whole bucket of eels to do. It's gonna take me years to rig all these eels, but it's gonna be worth it when it's done. Um, I, and I'm using you guys as a way to get me through the next few hours of, um, of me uh, waiting to go out and fish the, the high tide tonight. Um, I'm gonna fish the high tide, slack high, maybe the other side a little bit. Um, and then as it gets closer to low tide, we're gonna switch things up. I'm gonna go fish a completely different area. Um, and go fish that hard because I feel like that's going to produce for me. And it did last year later in the season. So who knows, you know? Uh, Weather-wise, you know, we just got some rain, so the fishing topwater bite was really hot. I had 
the best topwater bite I've had all season. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I just really, really enjoyed that. And so I'm super stoked that the bass are really starting to get more aggressive with this summer. And cause they were being a little bit of, you know, not very aggressive fish this year. They're really not that angry like they were the year before I felt that. And I don't know, maybe it's just every year you feel you like only remember the best parts of the season. You're not really remembering how awful it was <laughs> at, at, at times, which I know it was, you know, I had some struggles, I had some grinds and I hope that I don't have, you know, I hope I catch big fish this season. Here's the thing. I'm not anything special. If my bites don't work for me this season, I'm gonna have to really replay and rethink some stuff. Catching a 40 inch bass is a good thing to do. I mean, that's not the easiest thing to do, especially from shore. But at the same time, you know, that could be it for the season. I could get one bass over 40 inches this year. The fishery's not what it, what it can be, what it should be. Um, and it's not, and I've talked to a lot of guys that are like, God, this spring was awful and the fishing is worse than it was last year. I don't really know what to say because I've heard, you know, everybody that's in New York, New Jersey have had legendary seasons so far. Who knows about this fall? You never know about the fall. It could be really good, really bad, blitzes, no blitzes. There's just so many variables. You have huge storms, you could have no storms. The bass could be here until almost December or they could leave in November. Um, and you just really never know. Uh, I think one of the most extraordinary things I ever witnessed was um, striped bass blitzing the week before um, the week before Thanksgiving um, in 2013 in on Cape Ann. That was the most extraordinary thing I've ever witnessed. Um, I forget if it was a warm spring or warm fall, but um, yeah, because. Normally we lose them right around November. I haven't caught a bass past a bass in a Cape Ann past uh, what? What would it be? It wouldn't be. Yeah, I think it would be literally the day before last. The day before November first would be the last time I ever caught a fish. And the funny thing was, my last bass of the season last year was on Cape Ann, and it was a 29-inch bass on a Pumba plug, big eye pencil popper um, and you know a little mackerel imitation 29 inch bass super clear water last bass of the season drag pole the whole bit super nice little guy light tackle loved it you know enjoyed it it was a really great last bass of the season and I feel like this spring went so quick with the virus and everything that um, that like I'm enjoying fishing even for schoolies so much that like I haven't really focused on targeting large bass yet this season. Like I did last year. Well, like I did last year this time. Like I did more in the spring, but then once I got my first 40 of the year, I've been like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna go after and have some fun. And you know what I think that is, is cause I really, um, I didn't have fun with the schoolies and get my feet, my fix of catching bass. Um, all spring. I didn't even target lots of little bass. It was just not my thing. You know, I was like, I'm going after big fish and that's it. And I never really got my fix of little bass. And, um, and I was fishing the biggest gear I could really early. And I was just like, no, nope, not going after school. It's a need that first big fish of the season. And then I got two back to back in a week. And, um, you know, I was good with that. You know, I felt fulfilled for 
a while as far as I felt like I, I did the best I could uh, and I feel really awesome. Like I, I feel confident and I feel good right now. And as the season's progressed, the bait's been weird, the bass have been even stranger, um, but I feel like stuff's starting to really start to turn on right now. The bass have been really bad. It's been horrible fishing, by the way. Like I've talked to a lot of people and other than like select few people, I'd say that 1%, there's 1% of people that are doing decent, but mostly at night and mostly at like two, three in the morning, like grinding all night long, fishing with eels. And those are the guys that are like getting a few 40 inch bass here and there and some high 30s and getting on these like sneaky little bites. Not about that life, you know? Maybe later when I get crazy about it, I'll go out and be like, fishing hours upon hours upon hours, but I'm all about those little missions, little sends to get those bass. I, I don't like spending, I don't, I don't like spending over six hours fishing. That's my max really for me. If I'm spending six hours in one go fishing, unless I'm like catching them every cast, like I can't go six hours without catching a fish. Like that's never gonna happen. I don't care if I have a 48 inch bass at the end of the, the well, if I had a 48 inch bass, I'd probably do it. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like, it would have to take a lot. It would have to take a guarantee of a 48 inch bass to get me fishing six hours without catching anything. I'll fish six hours for and catch a bunch of schoolies. I'll fish six hours and catch, you know, six bass over 30 inches every hour. Or like, catch one bass over 30 inches for six hours. Um, that really didn't, that first time didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and, um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, how I keep my eels. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about because I get a lot of questions about this. I keep my eels in a 10 gallon tank with a filter, like a 20 gallon filter or something like that on it. And I change, I have them outside and I change the water every other day and it's hose water. And I put a little like this, like a chlorine slash bad chemical stuff in it. I have like a whole bottle, it's like for koi ponds. And I just like dump a little in there. Not that they would ever die because of chlorine. You could put them in rubbing alcohol and they'd probably survive for months. It's so weird, if they have moving water, you're good. I'm telling you right now, if you have a bag of eels, don't set them in a tide pool that without moving water because they'll die instantly. And um, it's so weird, they're so weird. They would rather be, you know, you dip them in the water, you have them in a mesh bag, dip them in the water, let them chill. This is something, I, have I never talked about this? Okay, I gotta talk about this. Okay, if you're fishing um, with eels, this is the way you go. I don't have it in here. So I, okay, I have a ODM surf fishing belt. Um, best surf, like I think it's the best surf fishing belt out there for sure. And I have a little um, clip, like a carabiner clip on it and I take a little laundry bag that's about this big and I tie a knot in the bottom of it to make it smaller and I fill it with my eels that I'm taking out that night, close it down, put it on my little carabiner clip and I carry it. Now don't let it whack against you because you'll just injure the eels. The whole point of having live eels is to have live eels. And then I walk out to where I'm fishing and before, if I, as soon as I get to the water, I dip them in the salt water, you know, get them a little bit moist. If it's really windy or really hot, every so often dip them in the water, get them, get them a little moist. They would rather go dry though, than be sat in warmer tide pool water, then they'll die like that. 
and you just can't have that happening. So I dip them in the water and keep them out in the air and whatever, they're totally chill and they're lively as anything when you get them out of that bag. And this is the other thing, don't, never whack an eel on a rock before you fish it because the whole point of having a live eel is to have a live eel. The eel needs to be live and that's final, really. That's all I care about. I want my eel to be alive and um, because that eel going like this in the water is sending out these vibrations in the water that these bass are so keyed in on that they will be at that thing instantly. They'll be there and they'll be eating it. So you want that, if there's a big fish around, you want that eel to be lively. If it's dead and it's like in the water and it's not really moving, yeah, you can still catch a big fish, but um, then the eel's gonna die in like 15 seconds and then you're done. And then you have a dead eel and then you're just reeling a dead eel in and it doesn't have the action and the weight of, the weight of these hooks to keep it down perfectly set in the water and you can, in this beautiful action that this will have once this is in the water. Um, it won't have that action. It will just be like kind of going through the water and yeah, you can catch a bass on it. A bass will smack that and you can get a big bass on that. Uh, it's just not what I would say is productive. Now this is going to look as lively as the eels are going to look when they first get out of the package, out of the package, when they first get out of your, your laundry bag, you hook them in, you throw them out there. They're going to look like that in the water and they'll be a little bit more frantic, but they'll look a little bit more natural like that. And the bass will they'll think it's a live eel and they'll whack that and all it takes is that whack that you'll hook into them. Uh, but I do have to say though, when you're fishing with rigged eels, they think it's a live eel or they think it's a live bait because they will, they'll, they eat it. So I was fishing with a rigged eel and the bass ate it and it crushed the eel and snapped the spine of the eel in half. You know, crushed it and probably ate it again. You know, and then I hooked into them and boom had nice 35 inch bass like that. And um, yeah, and it's funny because I've also talked to people saying that um, bass sizes are going from tw 20s, like high 20s, nothing in the 30 size, and then 40 plus inches, which is really weird to me. But the good thing is, what was it, a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, we had a big push of bass through the Cape Cod Canal which means that they're gonna be showing up on Cape Ann right about now, which means 40 pound bass are gonna be around, which means big things. That's the thing, like if you can get those bass that are going through the canal, that go through the canal, they're gonna be here two weeks later. That first big migration push went through Cape Ann, few select guys got some 40 inch bass. I was one of them, I was one of the fortunate people to do that. And then they went to Maine, they kind of chilled off of Maine for a little bit. And I know some guys that have been pretty smacking them consistent in Maine. I don't really mess with Maine that much uh, just because I don't like driving very far. Uh, if I have to drive over an hour, I'm gonna cry because I just can't do it. And then, you know, and then they, they go Nova Scotia in that area and they'll chill there for most of the summer. Um, but the big, big fish tend to sit around us to Maine all summer long and then we get them a little bit later, so really big things are slowly starting to start up again. So like we went through that first big wave, big bass, and now we're getting into that wave, that second wave of fish that are gonna be pushing through. Those bass that were off of New York, New Jersey, and the guys in New York, New Jersey have been killing it, man. You guys have been killing it. And I love, I love to see that the fishing is so good there, and I hope that we can get that a little bit later in the season, but maybe even now, maybe now's the time. I, 
I think that this year has potential to be the best year ever, just because of the bait that's around, but who knows what's gonna happen. It just really depends on the bunker and what they do. If the bunker is staying like miles offshore, it's gonna be tough. Uh, they're a little bit further offshore than they were the year before, although I'm gonna be fishing in some spots that have a lot, a huge population of bunkers. So who knows what's gonna happen as the season progresses with the bunker being the way that they are. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I, I think that the primary bait fish for most of the season is bunker where I'm at. And then maybe you'll get that here and there, you get those macs that come through and those big schools of mackerel. And then you, maybe you'll get a bluefish or two that'll push on those. That's the other thing, the bluefish are around. I haven't seen any yet, but I've heard some stories of guys getting bluefish. Um, so I'm excited to see if they make a good comeback. Uh, I've actually never got one from shore. I've got them from boat before uh, and kayaks. So it's just like, I've never, it's interesting because Cape Ann just doesn't have bluefish. Um, it does, but they're small and I, we haven't seen them in eight years, something like that, something crazy like that. So um, yeah, and the reason this podcast might be a little bit longer is just because I'm trying to get through a chunk of hours because I'm gonna go out right at about sunset, try to hit that, you know, because what, sunset's probably 8.30, so probably a right, I'm gonna end the podcast soon. I'm gonna go out, this is how, how this is gonna work, right, okay? So, and if I get, if, if literally, okay, here's the deal. If I call this shot for shot right now, I'll, I'm gonna do a podcast clip and I'm gonna insert a photo of the fish that I catch. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna fish right now with these rig deals. With this one, I have one more in the fridge. Um, so I'm gonna fish with that and with those two guys. This one's like maybe an inch or two smaller, but, uh, so I'll probably start with that one, to be honest. This is like perfect size, in my opinion. That's like perfect. Um, and then I will go fish, um, okay, I'm getting there. I get out on my rocks just after sunset, you know, when the mosquitoes are at their worst. So bug net for sure from on Cape Ann, off the rocks from July to July 15th, 16th. That's like death mosquito, like time, like off the rock, like you can't even breathe sometimes. There's that, I have a video of there being like, clouds mosquitoes i couldn't breathe through my nose they're going up my nose i had to run and i couldn't fish so i'm i'm in it's hot and i'm gonna have to be wearing waders and stormer jacket and maybe even gloves like it's gonna be a whole thing i'm gonna have to wear my my um my bug net over my head uh and yeah probably try not to die <laughs> get all the blood sucked out of me um, and so I'm gonna get out to the rock. I'm gonna take, I wanna say I'm gonna take two casts. First cast, I'm either gonna hook up on the 40 or the second cast, I'm gonna hook up on the 40. And then if, I, if that doesn't happen, um, I'm gonna fish, uh, I'm gonna get maybe a schoolie or two early, and then it's gonna be a lull for like an hour. And then around 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm gonna hook a 40. And it's literally gonna be silent, not even a whisper of a fish until like 10, 11 o'clock and there'll be a 40 inch bass swing through. That's my call. If I, if I was correct, I'm gonna have a, a podcast clip of this, of this part of the podcast on my YouTube channel, uh, which is Stripe Bass Hunt, which is where this shows out and everything like that. And it's gonna have a picture, which is inserted right now over me or beside me or wherever of the 40 inch bass. Now, um, and if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then you won't see the clip, so you'll know I didn't catch it. But 
Uh, yeah, that's my, if I had to really bet some money, it's gonna be, it would be that, that's how the bite's gonna go. And then as it gets close to lower tide, right at sunset, that's when I can really start swimming out to some boulders and I can really start getting into some, some spicy fishing. And the thing is, cause there's some boulders that I swim out to that, um, that at high tide, they're too, they're too deep to swim to. But uh, I got, they don't generally produce, well, I lied, they pr can produce crazy bites, but they produce the biggest bass ever out there. So um, hopefully we can hit that around the, the moon phase. And this is something that I didn't know last moon phase. So this is a whole new world um, and it's a whole new podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, so we started this at seven. It's now almost 8.20. So it means we've been going for roughly an hour and a half, or roughly hour and 20 minutes, I guess. But like, yeah, almost an hour and a half. So um, yeah, that's good. That's probably a good solid podcast for you guys there. I hope you still respect me after I was an idiot about the rod. And um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I've just been an idiot on this podcast. I'm so tired, I was up early fishing. I'm like been working like crazy, trying to get prepared for this, uh, this moon phase, so I'm like super tired because I've been doing a lot of preparation. Anyway, but that's besides the point. The real point is hopefully you guys can take a little bit out of this podcast, apply it to your own areas, and you can do better than I do during this full moon and get some 40, 50 pound bass, you know, something light like that, right? I, I get, sometimes people get angry at me for talking about catching such big fish so easily. You know, when I talk about like how 30, 40 pound bass are, or 50 pound bass are around, like I talk like they're around like always. And that's because they are, it's just about, it's just about people catching them, you know? Get angry all you want, they're around. You just gotta put your time in, you'll get them. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening to this podcast uh, and I'll see you next time.